Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibut First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. This week, lawyers at odds. There is action in two court cases at the moment aimed at undoing that supplemental agreement that took status away from thousands of people and blocked others from getting it. One is by the Mi'kmaq First Nations Assembly of Newfoundland. That case is the farthest ahead and expected to be before a judge early in the new year. The Assembly is taking on the federal government and the Federation of Newfoundland Indians, but the Assembly agrees with the Feds and the FNI on one matter that its case should not be heard at the same time as the other case, the Jerry Brake class action. So far, the federal court agrees with the assembly and has told Jerry Brake's lawyer to get in line, but David Rosenfeld is not taking no for an answer. He's back in federal court on November 17th, trying again to get on the bill. Rosenfeld says it will be in the best interest of both parties trying to undo the agreement to work together. We'll hear from David Rosenfeld later. But first, Dave Wells, chief of the Mi'kmaq First Nations Assembly. Wells says there's one reason why he doesn't want the Jerry Brake matter joined to his money. The Assembly doesn't have enough. It takes a lot of $20 memberships to pay the $40,000 legal bill that just came in. Another lawyer taking up court time and prolonging the proceedings will only add to the expenses, he says. Wells says members have been slow to renew. Finances are tight and he's having to beat the bushes for funds. Dave, tell us about your situation right now in terms of um, the bills that have come in and the state of fundraising. Uh, thanks, Glenn. The, uh, the fundraising has been uh, not as good as in past years. Uh, for some reason, we're not quite sure. You know, I mean, we're we're really getting close now to an answer. And, of course, this is extremely expensive, you know, when you're taking on the federal government because they have unlimited personnel to deal with the legal aspects, and they also have unlimited finances to to drive this thing. So, you know what I mean, every time there's a, a phone call or, or or documents have to be brought forward and to go through uh, the discovery portion uh, is extremely expensive. And thus far, MFNAN has probably spent in the range of about $100,000 getting us to this stage. So we've got one more hurdle to get over right now, and that is to get to the court. Mm-hmm. And we expect to have some sort of a date uh, of where the court challenge will be heard and also who, what judge it's going to be and when. So we're hoping to have that information uh, with a little bit of luck in, within uh, January. And from there, we'll move to the actual court case, the the arguments presented to the judge. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there any uh, risk that the case will not get to court if you don't raise more money? How dire is your financial situation? The uh, the financial situation is getting very dire, and that's why we're uh, going out early to say that, hey, look, you know, we've got, we've paid off some huge bills, and we have big bills coming. 
And uh, so, yeah, you know what I mean? We're concerned. There's no doubt about it. We are very concerned about the financial situation. What percentage of your actual funds come from the membership fees? Probably very close to 90, 95%. Mm-hmm. Come from come from membership fees and donations, right? And uh, people always ask this: uh, What do you have uh, an administrative overhead that you have to fund in addition to the court case? People always refer to the office uh, on West Street and uh, having a staff person. Uh, how much uh, of of a burden is that on your finances? Well, of course, you know, I mean, both of those expenses, but at the same time, uh, in the past, we've tried to rely on volunteers, and you can only push a volunteer so far, and and we did that. And then it became just, uh, you know, we needed a presence, we had to be get out there, and we also needed someone to be, to come in and take the phone calls to, to, do up the membership uh, database and all of the other aspects of running an office. So, you know what I mean? We just can't continue to call on volunteers because the volunteers are tired. We do know for sure that there's other, there are other legal things going on out there. There's the, um, the class action by, uh, by Jerry Brake. There's the uh, Douglas Doucette matter and uh, uh, friends of Halibut applicants have, um, have got a legal opinion. So those are, are various other things. Do you think people are sort of um, are hedging their bets and they can uh, take, a, take advantage of these other things rather than uh, getting involved in the MFNAN matter, which has one, one applicant named uh, officially on the, on the, on the litigation uh, itself, and perhaps they, would, they feel a little less involved? Well, the what we've done with the judicial review for uh, uh, for the MFNN is that this will affect all members of the Mi'kmaq First Nation Assembly of Newfoundland. So that's that is a given. Uh, the other court cases out there, Douglas Doucette, well, I haven't heard much about his lately. Uh, the Friends of Hollapu, they got a uh, a legal opinion. But I'm not quite sure what they're going to do with it. Uh, and the third part is the Jerry Brake uh, Kaminsky uh, law firm out of Toronto that's uh, filed a class action lawsuit. Now, they want to come in and join our uh, review, uh, judicial review, at the same time. Well, they are probably six to eight months behind the MFNAN where we stand today. So if they, if the court allows it, and so far they haven't, they've already told them no, that uh, what they're doing is totally separate because they're looking to sue the federal government uh, for money. And the uh, problem there is, is that the federal conservatives under Harper passed a bill that said you can't, that the federal government could not be sued for any problems associated with the uh, Halapu enrollment process. So we don't really want anything to do with them because it's going to slow us down in getting a decision. And we hope to have a decision uh, somewhere around April, May of 2018. So if we've got to wait for these guys, 
That is another problem. Plus, we have spent close to $100,000 so far. This is a law firm that has taken this on on a contingency basis, which means they don't get paid unless there's money uh, from the federal government forthcoming. Regarding uh, regarding the financial angle, then, uh, is do you have to do um, – January will be coming up very soon. Do you have to do a lot of massive uh, fundraising between now and then, or – are you good to go uh, anyway for for January? No, we're not good to go. Hmm. We've got enough money probably to carry us to uh, uh, December, but that's after that. It's all going to be based on the donations that come in. Our last legal bill was forty four thousand dollars. Well, says he's applied for money under federal court funding programs. He says he's been promised early responses. But he hasn't got any answers or any money. We've applied for funding from the federal government last year, and I've been trying to get an answer out of Ottawa. I've asked Yvonne Jones personally uh, when I was uh, earlier this year, and she said, "Oh yes, you'll have an answer." The, the one of the advisors to Carolyn Bennett, I asked him to get us an answer. Oh yes, you'll have it coming shortly. Well. Months have gone by, and we still don't have an answer. And I've asked, the premier's asked, uh, Premier Ball has even asked, and some of his staff have been in contact with Indigenous and Northern Affairs Canada, and they still won't give us an answer on why, can we or can we not get funding from the federal government. Is this under the Court Challenges Program? No, that's separate. We're waiting for that to open up, and we will apply uh, under the Court Challenges Program. That's another one, and the, our Gallons is waiting for the federal government to say it's open. They're getting there, but it's not there yet for us to be able to apply. And uh, But to go back you know, to, uh, to our funding request from the feds, Nobody will answer. Nobody will say yes. You got it. No, you don't have it. So now I've uh, I've enlisted the help of a a very prominent uh, businessman in Canada, and he's calling in favors from some of the uh, ministers within the uh, within Prime Minister Trudeau's cabinet, the ones that he knows personally, and also some senators trying to get us an answer. This is how pathetic it is. And and it really bothers me that I went to Yvonne Jones and, yes, yes, you'll have an answer. And then, boom, they're gone. They don't even want to talk to you. And I even had a director call me from, from Halifax with Indigenous and Northern Affairs and said, oh, yes, yes, we're looking into it. I'll keep you apprised. And you should have an answer in two weeks. I've been waiting a month and a half now for her. I've called, left messages, I've emailed her. She won't even respond. It's like we have the plague down here. And it is totally useless to ask Goody Hutchings for any assistance. That's a waste of a phone call. Mm, she's your she's your local MP. <laughs> right. Dave Wells, chief of the Mi'kmaq First Nations Assembly of Newfoundland. But David Rosenfeld the lawyer leading the Jerry Bray class action says he doesn't know what the financial fuss is about. He doesn't see how having him before the judge at the same time as Wells' lawyer will prolong matters. But he does see how having both lawyers working in common cause against the supplemental agreement does make sense. 
ultimately it seemed that the Wells matter was proceeding towards its hearing of the merits. And and Mr. Brake um, wants to be there when those issues are being determined. The issues are, are very similar in, in the Wells Judicial Review and the Judicial Review issues that Mr. Brake is raising, effectively the propriety of the 2013 agreement. So he wants to be involved when that decision is made. If if they're not heard together, then the Wells proceeding gets heard by a judge. A judge makes a decision, and then the break matter gets heard at a later time, ostensibly by another judge, to make another decision. It doesn't doesn't make any sense from a a, a sort of multiplicity of proceedings or judicial economy perspective. If there are issues that are common between them, they should be heard at the same time. So that one decision can be made as opposed to a risk of having inconsistent decisions by different courts. But the court, uh, the court has said no, and the the other parties, um, well, MFNAN and uh, the other parties in that action opposed this idea of uh, having the the matters heard together. Why did the why did why were the other parties opposed, and why did the court say no? Um, I, to be honest, I, I don't. I don't really know why why the other parties. I mean, what, what the ultimate reason why the other parties opposed the proceeding. Um, I mean, I can I can very guesses, but it, it seems that the Attorney General of Canada has, has made an agreement with the Wells Group, which um, I believe Mr. Wells is, is the president of the MFNAN, um, but it's not a representative proceeding, and that organization that organization exists, but. That that proceeding isn't a representative proceeding. They they seem to have made an agreement where they, the Attorney General of Canada wants to have the issues heard with the Wells Group and and not with Mr. Brake being involved at the same time. Why that is, I I don't know. Um, well, I just don't know to be honest. Yes. Um, it, there was some suggestion that they needed time to repair their their materials on the merits. They had already prepared those materials in the Wells proceeding. So uh, to us, it it. There, there's no prejudice to the Wells um, applications. We, we didn't want to hold up the determination of those issues. We simply wanted to speed up our case um, to get uh, to get us in parallel. What uh, what Dave Wells uh, has said to me is that uh, they were concerned that having your matter heard with their matter would would cause delay because I guess there'd be more people in court, more more court time and therefore um, a, a sort of financial impact for them. They're having to raise money to pay their lawyer um, based on $20 membership fees and they were concerned that their already difficult financial situation would be, would be worsened if the matters were heard together. Do you think uh, there's any justification in them having that concern? I'm not sure why it would, it would cause significant delay. I mean, we'd be talking about um, some other people making the same arguments. I, I would have thought that same people raising the same arguments would want would want more support in in addressing those issues. Um, I, I don't know what the financial aspects are. I don't know what the retainer agreement is with their counsel. I I, I wouldn't be able to even comment upon that. So I, I don't I don't know. Uh, in class proceedings, generally speaking, the issues are are brought on a contingent basis. So. Um, look, we're raising the same issues that the Wells Group is, is raising, and I, I'm hopeful that we can be running in parallel and 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 you know raising the same issues and, and similar arguments so that we can achieve the same result. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not not clear on what 
extra time is going to be caused or what delay is going to be caused, if we're talking about one day's worth of a hearing uh, to address these issues, maybe there might be an extra day of hearing. I'm not, not sure in the grand scheme of, of the, the entire case and it lasted over almost a year now, um, how that would increase costs so significantly. Mm-hmm. So uh, the court also said no to your request, and now I understand you're appealing the court's uh, refusal to have the matters heard together. So how does that how does that appeal work? Um, well, where we the rules aren't aren't exactly um, super clear about it, but uh, in any event, we're bringing a motion to the case management judge in our proceeding to um, try to get a reassessment of of that decision of the prothonotary. And so the judge needs to decide whether whether he has the the jurisdiction to to do that, and and if so, to to assess that decision. And when would you expect uh, to hear from the court on that matter? Um, well, the the hearing is set for November seventeenth. Oh, the decision on that, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would expect it to be relatively soon. It being a procedural issue, but but I couldn't say. And so potentially then, if uh, MFNEN expects to uh, be in in court sometime in the early in 2018, so it's still possible that you could be there with them if you're successful on your appeal. Yeah, and 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 all that needs to happen is is to have an exchange of materials from the the, the respondents, being the the Attorney General of Canada and the Federation of Newfoundland Indians, and then some cross examinations. Um, our our estimate is that the Wells hearing date wouldn't get scheduled till till sort of early 2018, and our perspective is that we can we can catch up in parallel. Mm-hmm. And that's what we 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 raised this issue in July, um, so we're now into uh, October and now November. We got a decision on the issue in October, and now we're going to be into November on the issue. So, and um, many many months and weeks have gone by that all the parties have known that this is something that we want to do. Yes. And and this is unfortunately uh, the nature of 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 litigation uh, with our court systems. Uh, scheduling uh, uh, issues often uh, hold up decisions, and, mm-hmm. and that's simply what happened in this case. David Rosenfeld of the Koskiminski Law Firm in Toronto. By the way, I reached out to Friends of Alibu applicants, asking them for a status report on the legal opinion they obtained with $15,000 raised from public contributions, but they had nothing to report. Before we go, a reminder about our special live event in Cornerbrook on November 16th, which you can attend in person or catch on Bay of Islands Radio. Join Frank Skeard, Glenwood Ward Councillor on Halibu Council, Suzanne Berry, former president of the Newfoundland Aboriginal Women's Network, and Charles Pender, former mayor of Cornerbrook. It takes place in the atrium of the Arts and Science Building at Grenfell. Please arrive no later than 5.45 p.m. for the 6 p.m. live broadcast. Please join us if you can. Thanks to Allison Baker for assistance here in the studio. Celebration time used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. Follow us on Facebook, 
facebook.com forward slash Mi'kmaq Matters. Listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on SoundCloud or iTunes or tune in on Bay of Islands Radio, boir.ca, on Thursday at 6 p.m. Coming soon to 100.1 FM in Cornerbrook and the Bay of Islands. And in Norris Point and Rocky Harbor, listen on the Voice of Bombay, Tuesday at 2 p.m., 95.9 and 98.1 FM. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.